Hello friends, this is Pastor Bill Clark. Welcome to the podcast. Hello friends are the first two words I begin each message that I get the privilege to share each Sunday. I get to tell my friends about the greatest friend, Jesus Christ. I also consider friends to be one of the greatest gifts a person can have in this earthly life. Most of the episodes will be messages I share each Sunday, but from time to time, I'll invite a friend to share some of their life with us over a beverage. I pray these episodes bless you and help you on this journey of life. God's blessings to you, friend. This is a message I shared at Timothy Lutheran Church on Sunday, December 24th. No, it's not Christmas Eve. It's still the fourth Sunday of Advent. So this is a message I shared Sunday morning for Advent. And the fourth Sunday of Advent is love. Hello, friends. Love. It's our fourth Sunday of Advent. Love. L-O-V-E. Love, right? When I say the word love, what comes to mind? You think of the love you have for your spouse? There's a very strong bond between a husband and a wife. It's probably your most intimate of all the relationships in your life. It's not just love, but it's romantic love. This is the person that you pursued and to spend the rest of your life with. In the Greek, romantic love is eros type of love. Did you think of the love of a family member, perhaps a child or a grandchild or maybe a parent or a grandparent? There is a love for your own children that cannot be matched or compared. The Greek word for love between family members is storge, storge type of love. Did you think of the love you have for a friend, I mean a really close friend? There's not a greater gift in this world to have a true friend in your life. A friend that supports you and a friend that calls you out when you need it. There is a bond between true friends that cannot be broken. In the Greek, love between friends is called philia love. Or else you know the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, that's where it comes from. Or do you think of the love that God has for each of his children? We understand love this side of eternity, but we do not fully understand the love that God has for us. We'll fully understand it when we pass from this life to the next, but until then, we don't fully know. We know and believe that there is nothing we can do to make God love us any less, and there is nothing that we can do to make God love us any more. Yet, we need to be reminded of this love each time that we doubt, each time that we wonder, each time that we listen to that voice in our head telling us differently. In the Greek, divine love that God has for his children is agape love. 
Tonight, Christmas Eve, we're going to celebrate that agape love of God. God became flesh as a baby and came to dwell among us, to be one of us, to fully understand what our lives on earth are truly like. Our God chose to walk in our shoes to show us just how much he loves each one of us. Each year we eagerly anticipate, we plan, and we wait for Christmas. It used to start at Thanksgiving, but now I'm pretty sure it starts the day after Halloween, right? We just can't wait for Christmas. Well, three weeks ago today, December 3rd, we officially began the Advent season as Christians. A time that we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ, but we also are reminded that Jesus is coming again. I personally enjoy the season of Advent. I love the hymns. I like the blue. Of all the stole colors, red's pretty cool because that's when I got ordained in. But the blue. There's something about the blue. It's just royal. The banners and the pyramids and the vestments that represent Advent. The Advent wreath with the four candles being lit Sunday after Sunday, showing Christmas is getting closer and closer. The excitement and the expectations increase because we know Christmas is right around the corner. And with Christmas comes gifts and many surprises. I remember as a kid putting together one of those loop chains, right, with numbers on it, counting down the days till Christmas. We couldn't wait. Couldn't wait to be surprised by the gifts that were under the tree in our home. However, as I grew older, I realized that Christmas surprises are not only under the tree, but they're in people's lives too. 23 years ago this week, it was a Monday, December 18th, 2000, my wife and I woke up to quite a surprise. It was Monday morning. And the last thing that was on my mind before I went to sleep was the work week, work week ahead. Now, unbeknownst to me, my, my wife was up during the night. She had a terrible headache, wasn't feeling her best. She finally woke me up early in the morning to tell me she wasn't feeling good. I asked her what some of her symptoms were, and we decided, oh, I'm going to go to work. She's going to stay home and see how she feels as the morning passed. It wasn't long after I got to work that I got a phone call from her that she'd made an appointment with the doctor and asked if I could take her. Now, being December, it had started to snow. A lot snowed that day. So I take Leslie to the doctor. It starts to snow. The roads are getting slick. I picked up my wife and headed downtown to see the doctor. And on the way down there, Leslie throws up in the car. Back in those days, I used to have this thing called a newspaper. And I reached in the back seat and grabbed the newspaper, pulled it out of the bag, and handed the bag to her. And whatever breakfast she had came back up. We got to the doctor's office. We went in to see the doctor. My wife told the doctor some of her symptoms. He took her blood pressure. He left the room and came back pretty quickly to say, you need to go to the hospital to be admitted. Like, why, why do we need to go to the hospital? The doctor said, because you're going to have a baby today. I said, a, a baby? <laughs> the baby isn't due for another four weeks. See, Leslie was suffering from preeclampsia, and the only way to relieve her symptoms was to deliver that baby. As you can imagine, we were both a bit scared and worried that day. Worried about Leslie, worried about the baby. 
We got to the hospital later that morning, got Leslie resting comfortably, and then they induced labor. And at 8.57 p.m. on Monday, December 18th, little Sydney was born. Sydney Nicole Clark. Five pounds, 14 ounces. The only thing that was wrong with her, she hadn't finished growing into her skin yet. She was a little wrinkly. But she was doing well, but it'd take Leslie a couple days to get, like, feel like she was on the mend. It was one of the biggest Christmas surprises of our lives, and still is to this day. I'm sure some of you have had similar surprises that have happened during the Christmas season. In fact, God's surprises started to happen even before the first Christmas day of Jesus' birth. They started to happen in the lives of some simple people, regular people like Zachariah and Elizabeth. And this morning we see them happening in the life of a young girl named Mary. There she was, living in Nazareth. This little town called Galilee, her mind was set on her wedding. She was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, I know ladies can relate probably more than the guys about planning the wedding because that's a lot of the big part of the wedding is the planning leading up to it. Mary's probably thinking about what she'll wear, the guests that will be invited to the wedding, the family members who will come, and of course, there's Joseph. I'm sure he's in her thoughts also. Everything seems to be according, going according to plan, and everyone is excited about the great day of the wedding. Mary couldn't wait to see it with her own eyes, but then an angel so shows up. And now something unexpected, something that was not planned, something startling was about to happen. An angel named Gabriel says to Mary, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Try to be in Mary's shoes for just a moment. How would you respond to a greeting like that? An angel coming to my little town and telling me that I'm favored? What's this all about? What does he mean by this greeting? Luke describes Mary's reaction in this way. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Of course Mary would be troubled. Why wouldn't she? And who wouldn't be? It's interesting here in the Greek, the word that Luke used to describe Mary's feelings means this. It means that she debated, she considered, and she reasoned about the angel's greeting. Why am I favored, she's asking. Me? Who am I? What does it mean that the Lord is with me? You see, Mary knows her place. She knows who she is. This, she's telling herself, should not be happening. I'm a teenager. I'm a young girl. I have no status or no social economic influence. I'm not royalty. No, this angel surely has the wrong address. But the angel goes on to give more details about his mission to Nazareth. Gabriel says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. 
Can you imagine it's, everything that's going on in Mary's head right now? She's probably thinking, I'm not married yet, and you're already telling me that I'm going to have a baby. This is trouble. Big trouble. Do you know that, Mr. Angel Gabriel? Can you please tell me something else? As I've said before, some Christmas surprises are not under the tree. But they are surprises, and they happen in people's lives. And now, Mary's life seems to be upside down. She knows exactly what will happen to her if she's found to be pregnant before the wedding. No, Mr. Angel Gabriel, this is not a good idea, she says. Could you please go to another town and find someone else to deliver this message to? Getting such surprises would, when we've been making plans, can be very disappointing. Right? We all make plans. We've got plans for today, I'm sure, all of us. Will they all go according to plan? Probably not. But here we are at Christmas Eve. We're still busy with our plans. In fact, like I said, we start getting busy with those plans right after Thanksgiving or maybe even after Halloween. We make those to-do lists, right? Go shopping for Christmas gifts or my favorite type of shopping, Amazon. Click, deliver. Decorating the house. Putting up the Christmas lights. You got to mail the Christmas cards. My tongue is almost recovered from licking envelopes from Monday night planning our Christmas party, and on and on and on. To have such a surprise at the last minute as Mary did would be very troubling. And you can imagine her thinking, Lord, I already have other plans. I have my own schedule. I have my own things to take care of. Can you please send your angel to another town, to another place, to deliver your message of good news and hope? Can you see yourself saying something like that? We're certainly not as much different than Mary, are we? We have the same reactions, the same kind of responses. Mr. Angel, go away. Not now. This is not my plan. But as Advent reminds us, the Lord is coming and He is coming for you. He is coming to impact your life and it will never be the same again. His name is Jesus. And Jesus saves. Jesus is not a regular baby. He is Mary's son in the flesh, but he is also the son of the Most High. He is the son of God. Jesus is coming, and he's coming to save. A theologian many years ago said, the crib and the cross are made of the same wood. The crib and the cross are made of the same wood, and it's still true today. The reason Jesus is coming to seek and save the lost, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, Luke wrote. We also read, She will bear a son, and she will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, Matthew wrote. But Gabriel listens to Mary's reply. How can this be? I am a virgin. I am not married yet. Mary is not being a skeptic when she speaks, how can this be? She's different than Zechariah, who wouldn't believe Gabriel when he heard that his wife Elizabeth, who would have a child in her own age. What Mary is doing here is she's asking for clarification. How would this be possible? Because she knows that she's never slept with a man to have a baby. And after Gabriel listens to Mary, he says, 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Gabriel's words to Mary not only describe what will happen, but at the same time offer comfort and assurance to a young bride who just learned she would be pregnant without being married. To paraphrase the angel's message, Mary, what's about to happen in your life is something out of this world. God the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He will overshadow you with the power of the Most High. He will fill you with His glorious presence and blessing, and you will conceive the Son of God. And you see Elizabeth, your relative, the one who everyone said was too old to have a baby, guess what? She's pregnant too. In her sixth month, Mary, as it is with Elizabeth, so it will be with you. Remember, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. God is faithful and keeps his promises. He always does what he'll said he says he'll do. For God, nothing is impossible. My dear friends, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives through the good news of the gospel, he makes the impossible possible. He transforms us. He changes us from the inside out. He gives us faith. He makes God's plan of salvation happen in our lives also. Martin Luther once said both, that both the devil and God came close to us. Both the devil and God came close to us. The difference is this. The devil came close to us to harm us. However, in Jesus, God came closer to save us. Mary had other plans. She was not ready. She was not ready to be the mother of Jesus. Her heart was ready for a wedding. That was her plan. But God had his plan too. And God's plan is the plan that we follow as Christians. Many times we pray, not my will be done, but your will be done. Mary realizes the magnitude of the message that Gabriel delivered to her, and she responds, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Moved by the word she heard from the angel Gabriel, Mary responds in total trust and submission to God's will. She understands that everything is in God's hand, and he is in control. Mary knows that God's plan is the plan that we follow as Christians. She is favored. The Lord is with her. There is no reason to be afraid. Trusting in God's word of promise, Mary is now willing to become his servant. It's all about God's plan. So that brings us today. Here we are. The morning of Christmas Eve. And with Mary, we're reminded that Christmas has surprises. These are not just surprises and packages under the tree, but surprises that happen in people's lives too. Mary's surprise also reminds us that God's plan is always better than our plans. We just may not may know it at the time. Christ is coming and he will most certainly come again. It doesn't matter how busy we may be with our personal plans. Like Mary, our hearts may not be ready, but God is gracious. The Holy Spirit comes to us, opening our ears so we can listen to God's word of promise and leading us to trust. 
Trust not in our plan, but in God's plan. And God's plan is Jesus, the Son of God coming to save the world. God's plan of salvation, Jesus, his Son, coming to save the world, is better than anything we could ever plan in our lives. God's plan of salvation comes from the love that he has for each one of us. Agape love. Divine love. A love that only God has for each one of us. When our plans don't go as planned, when our lives have a loss in them or a major loss in our lives that doesn't seem fair, when we question and wonder, why God? God hasn't gone anywhere. God has not left us. In fact, God says, I see you. When he called Nathaniel, he said, Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I saw you. Jesus sees us. He sees us when things don't go according to our plans. He sees us when there's a loss in our life. He sees us when we question and wonder where he is and exclaim, why? He sees us, and Jesus loves us. He loves us in ways that I can't explain. But I know it's a love that I know and believe with all my heart and every fiber of my being. I can't explain it. But I know Jesus loves me, and he loves each and every one of you. No other God, no other king, no other Lord would ever do what Jesus has done for you. None. It's the greatest gift of love that mankind will ever know. May the hope, the peace, the joy, the love of God be with you this Advent season. And may they continue to guard your hearts and minds. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions about anything that we share in our messages, any questions on faith, any just general questions, get a hold of me. I'd love to have a conversation. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. God bless.